Hello and welcome to Global Capital's dedicated securitization podcast, Another Fine Mez. I'm Tom Lemon and I'm joined by the Busy Bee reporter of European CLOs, Victoria Teela. Hello, Tom. Am I the Busy Bee because I had one deal, uh, whereas all of you had absolutely nothing going on? We'll get onto it. We'll get onto it. Don't worry. But uh, I feel like I'm starting to regret uh, starting a securitization pod in the middle of summer. It's still eerily quiet in Europe. Everyone's on holiday, um, it seems. But we did have the Avon refi from Barclays, and then Onyx managed to price its CLO on August 18th. And actually, um, sorry, I didn't tell you this before we started reporting, <laughs> recording, um, but just five minutes before I got onto this podcast, I got an email that actually Tikahau also priced a CLO. Today. Oh, very nice. Well, yeah. but... But who cares? No one. No one really cares about that. What you all really want to know is how George is getting on. Well, we can tell you that he and his partner have a beautiful baby girl and both mum and baby are doing very well. Um, So congratulations to them and commiserations that they will never sleep again. Um, (laughs) Only for 18 years. (laughs) Yeah, only for 18 years. George George did tell me that the first night he was like, "Oh, it's perfect. I got like eight hours sleep. Baby slept through the night." And then he was and then he said, "Yeah, the next night there was uh, what do they call it? Like cluster feeding or something. It was like oh. every forty five minutes. Right. So the warranty runs out after twenty four hours, and then the baby shows its true self. Yes, yes. And we also understand that uh, the name Securitization has has not made the cut." Um, but yes, but it's all very, very good news, very pleasing. But yes, anyway, anyway, right. This week for you, Victoria, I reckon you were a very, very busy bee. Dream- you were probably dreaming about Onyx's CLO um, because it must have been pretty much your total focus for the week. I wrote three stories about that one deal. Yeah. And it it priced it priced around the time we recorded our last episode, I think, um, on Friday the 18th. Yeah. But you were intrigued by the ratings. So what happened there? What a beautiful thing to say, isn't it? I was intrigued by the ratings. Um, so there were a number of things that stood out about those ratings. Um, I'll start with a less exciting one. <laughs> so so suspense growing. Um, it had it was potentially the first CLO in Europe ever to have separate B plus and B minus rated tranches. Um, which I understand was because there was some reverse inquiries from investors about that. Um, that's sort of what, what some sources who were quite close to the deal told me. Um, and then I talked to some ratings people um, and they said that that is so, so we've sort of seen it before in the triple B tranche, um, sort of triple B plus and triple B minus, a bit more common in the US, but not really on the single Bs, but it's because um, investors just sort of want to be more than one notch away from a potential triple C um, downgrade. So so that was quite interesting. Um, but the even more fascinating detail was that the triple A tranche had a very unusual Moody's rating. And if you look at almost all of the other deals this year, they were all rated by S&P and Fitch. Um, but yeah, this one, this one randomly had a trip exclusively on the AAA tranche. It was Moody's and Fitch. All the others were, as usual, S&P and Fitch. Um, and so I inquired after that a little bit in the market and sort of what people tell me is that that is a very strong indicator that Commerzbank 
um, was an anchor investor because apparently they're sort of the only ones who really ask for that and they only have the power to ask for it if they're anchoring it. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, because it must be completely internal to them. Yeah, yeah. From what I hear, they sort of use Moody's um, systems for their risk analysis. Right. And but there was also there's also a bit of confusion around whether Commerce Bank were able to buy because I met with a CLO investor and they were like, mm, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, yeah. I had I had one lawyer saying the same, like, oh, do they still do that? But I think there's a bit of a misunderstanding because they so yeah, Commerce Bank sold their CLO management business to Cross Ocean, um, I think last year. But they still they can still invest in other people's CLOs. Um so um yeah, I think that people just get confused there a bit. Nice. Well it's a nice example of the sort of colour you can find if nothing's yeah. going on. You just go, <laughs> I actually I would find that quite that. interesting <laughs> even if it was really busy. I, I generally thought this was an interesting yes, thing to follow. No, yes it is, but it's that sort of, you know, you can just sort of sit and look at something and say, Hold on, that's a bit weird. Um But but on the anchor side of things, are we hearing that anchor investors on the AAAs are becoming sort of more and more popular? Yeah, I think it's something that they, more like they have become more popular. Um, so traditionally, you apparently you struggle to, like the difficult tranches to get rid of on the CLO are the mezzanine ones. Um, but with how difficult the market was, um, at the moment, it's tricky to get rid of the AAAs and of your equity. And we've talked about the equity quite a bit um, last week, I think, um, surrounding sort of captive equity funds and so on. But yeah, um, if you do a CLO, the first thing you do is place your equity and place your AAAs. Um, and so, yeah, there is there is an appetite for having anchor investors sort of committing to that before you launch the deal. Um, so, yeah, definitely something we've been seeing more. Yeah, and they... They're also used as like a, a reference point for the meds, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, by the way, like what I hear on um, the Onyx one, it wasn't necessarily Commerce Bank taking the entire tranche. Um, so some people who are close to it told me that they tried to sort of feed as many mouths as they could yeah. um, and had several orders. So it's yeah. not like with Nochu, for example, the Japanese investor who insists on having all the like all the notes. <laughs> Oh right, and you you wrote about that a, a few weeks back um, on the on Nochu buying all of the AAAs. yeah exactly that was sort of the the return of um, the Japanese investors who used to be really 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 big in the CLO market um, yeah. to anchoring CLOs. Um, but but it's it's very helpful, I guess, in that you can you can use that anchor investor to set to set the price at a, yeah. at a reasonable level. You're yeah. done on the negotiation. It's basically if you want to get involved this is this is what it costs sort of thing exactly and uh, actually later like after writing that story it was just like a little detail that i um heard in the market is that notchu actually um sort of promised investcorp to match wherever bain would price their clo um that week and that was 175 so uh, investcorp potentially got a bit lucky there um it could have been could potentially have been higher um oh. that's just like a little piece of rumor that Very i heard nice. later on oh, so great. that was an exclusive piece of information that was not in our <laughs> coverage you're so lucky for listening to this podcast right yes now. yes <laughs> and you spoke to to onyx themselves but that's that's coming out on tuesday is that yeah right? 
exactly. It's like that Onyx deal is the gift that keeps giving to my coverage. <laughs> so yeah, Onyx very kindly agreed to do an on the record interview. Um, so I'm just sort of transcribing that and um, it will be published on Tuesday. And I think there's quite a lot of interesting stuff in there. Uh, sort of any teasers? Mostly... <laughs> teasers? Um, actually, Ronnie, who I spoke to, who's the head of structured credit, um, he he said that um, sort of primary loan supply might sort of get a bit more difficult in the in the coming weeks. So um, he said something along the lines of like even people might have said they were crazy to sort of price in the middle of August um, that things might get a bit more tricky in um, in September, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. Particularly as I think a lot of people will have put their hopes on a good Q4. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, there might be this sort of idea that that is when bankers sort of want to get the bonuses. So um, <laughs> somehow the arrangers just magically make CLOs uh, happen again. But yeah, there. I feel like there is a bit of disagreement there. Like there, there seems to be quite a big pipeline of potential CLOs that could come um, in in September and October. But it's not sure if loan supply actually will pick up in a way that matches that um so i think it will be really interesting interesting to watch oh by the way um i just remembered on that tikahau deal that i mentioned earlier um they also had a moody's rating on the triple a's but alongside an s&p and a fitch one um so I, i'm wondering if maybe there is some sort of yeah maybe that's part of the trend or if it's a coincidence maybe yeah. something yeah so um if anybody has heard anything or has any thoughts uh, feel free to get in touch um well thank you victoria um if you want to read the the entire or well, the most recent shall we say piece of the of the three um before the interview with onyx comes out uh it's called onyx deal first european clo to have split b tranche um yeah yeah everybody check that out please and now let's move on uh to our what seems almost like an obsession with the srt market uh that global capital has developed in the past weeks um it's such an obscure um obscure interesting world but we've been writing quite a lot about it haven't we so what was sort of your latest uh, yes recoveries? it's it's it is very interesting as as a market and i think um you know, I've been covering for George while he's been off on on the ABS side, and there hasn't been loads to to get your teeth <laughs> stuck into. But um, but SRT was actually something I was sort of saying to George, like, "You're gonna love this. Um, you should you should write more and more about this. This is right and up your street." Now you're stuck with it. Um, yeah, yeah. Now I'm stuck with it. Um, but but the ECB uh, put out a rather a somewhat misleading. Um, a press release a few a few days ago and they're basically saying um the market is 170 billion euros in issuance um last that year misleading? um well so srt stands for significant risk transfer um the significant risk is the bottom 10 percent of these deals and so most of the time and on like a synthetic deal most of the time um you're only placing that bottom five to ten percent so so the rest of it is retained so what's the point 
of a deal where you sort of retain 90%. So it's all about capital requirements. And so if you can get rid of that, um, that riskiest, that significant risk at the bottom of the tranche, of, of the capital structure, um, you can get better, cap- better capital treatment and, um, and, and, and in, in essence, free up capital to do more lending. Um, so, so normally in Europe, these deals are for SMEs. They're, they're banks yeah. who have lent to SMEs or banks who have lent to slightly bigger corporates. Um, and there's a little bit of autos in there. there. There could be mortgages in there as well. But SME is probably the big one. So, so just getting back to where you started. Um, so out of the 170, it's basically just 17 billion. Yes, but but like that's that's still pretty big for Europe. I mean, if, when when you think about the whole market, the the whole wholly placed public market last last year, that was seventy nine billion euros. So for it to be touching twenty, that shows you. And this is a completely opaque and private market, normally bilateral agreements. That shows you um, really how interesting it and how appealing it it has become. Um, I think one investor told me that he thinks it's been growing sort of 30% year on year. Um, uh, we spoke to someone at San- David Saunders at Santander for the piece and, and he was saying, well, you know, the, a lot of the deals get done in in Q4 because you've what, it's like the end of the, the capital requirements period that you've got for the year. Um, but he said so far the, the run rate to borrow from cricket uh cricketing terms is is ahead uh, at halfway than than it was last year so again we expect this year to to get to be another record year oh interesting so you you'd think that people are quite excited about that well they are and i think that there's just a sort of a, an air of relief for the product as well because um regulations have come in around output floor and p factor calculations which are all all designed basically to 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 reduce the the freeing up of capital that you're getting when you do these transactions um but what they had it at originally would have made would have made srt as a as a product completely unviable you wouldn't have saved it would have cost you money to do it and so you're not going to do it are you um but they they found a compromise and that sort of mitigated the the major the, the major effects of the original one and, and has kept the market alive um that but th- that being said that's for the biggest um that that's for the biggest banks the irb rated banks that they use a sort of more sophisticated um ratings process um for the slightly smaller banks who do what's called a sta- who are, we call standardized banks, um, they they still don't quite have like that perfect regulatory space or framework yet, and so it's still still harder economically to do it. But at the very least, the market is continuing. So you know. AFME, so I spoke to AFME and Sean Badley there who, who runs the securitization side of things and you know they're 
I think they did quite extensive work in terms of educating the policymakers and the politicians in at, at the EU um, to make sure that they that they understood that like this isn't this isn't anyone trying to pull the wool over their eyes. This is this is good for the market. This is banks behaving in a way that reduces the amount of risk that they're exposed to, and that you don't you know that's not something you want to stop um, entirely. Okay, you don't want it to be too attractive but but it's it's helpful um so so yeah it seems like everyone is just breathed a sigh of relief and is just sort of ready to ready to kick on now and is that then going to be sort of the next frontier um having the smaller banks yes definitely i think um it'll be interesting to see how that develops Uh, um i know someone uh, what another banker said that they they think um I think there could be a bit of movement on the the UK side around mortgages. Sort of, I I suppose the sort of lenders you normally see in the public RMBS market. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they start getting into SRT as well. Um, uh, but yeah, and, the, and you know a lot, a lot of the growth has been driven by these. Well, should be driven by these smaller banks. So, I remember in po- there was a Polish bank, M Bank, did a an SRT deal a while back and, and we could see more and more of those which will, which will be good because it will re- reduce the risk for for those smaller players as well and allow them to keep funding uh, the European economy. Interesting yeah that's like, definitely worth keeping an eye on I'd say um, but so this was European regulation. Um, I feel like mostly when regulation is talked about in the context of SRT and sort of regulatory challenges, we're talking about the US. Um, do you know if there's any progress there? It's a it's it's much more nascent, shall we say. So so Canada and weirdly the Commonwealth countries, if you like, <laughs> like Canada and Australia, they're, they're taking more and more interest in doing SRT uh, as well. Um, but the regulations are a bit, it's almost come to an impasse in in the US. Now, if that could start to kick off, then, you know, all of a sudden the market could be, in terms of placed issuance, could be, you know, touching 40 billion quite quite quickly. But, um, but yeah, it, so it, it's complicated. Some people believe that the SEC has essentially told people, told banks, we're not doing it right now. We've got to wait, wait until we've decided how we're going to do this. And then other people are saying, well, they're, they're being told on a case-by-case basis whether they get capital relief for these sorts of transactions. And uh, and so <laughs> it's it's a bit confusing, and I think we're just going to have to wait. Um, you know, people, the investor I spoke to, he believes that, that, you know, eventually a compromise will be found and that the US SRT market will begin to take off um and you know in terms of supply absolutely banks want to do it um it it should there should be plenty of supply the one issue is whether there's enough of an investor base normally these transactions are bilateral which means you know you've got to be a very large investor um to be able to to do this transaction um and naturally there are less of them around and then to do it on the u.s side side of things where you might imagine the transaction to be even bigger than it is in europe um we could be talking about 
putting away three or four billion dollars for quite you know a, a fair few years and and not touching it not trading it so that immediately reduces the size of the investor base uh, and potential investor base um th there's another question about whether whether anyone's really going to be interested in the mess of the structures so so at the moment the junior's fine uh okay it's a small investor base it's a niche product but it, but those bigger bigger investors are are interested in it but the mess side of things it's you know you might have a couple of insurers you might have a couple of real money funds but but yeah it, it's hard to see um who's going to have the capacity to do that uh, according to this investor um but yes it 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 seems like we're on the precipice of of it becoming mainstream in the u.s overall yeah yeah it sounds like there's a lot of potential for things to develop in the market yeah. in the coming years which is um yeah cool. and it's it's just i guess when you've written and covered the European securitization market for so long, and you're so used to everyone saying something negative, and <laughs> like you know, you you really get that feel that they're all they're brothers in arms. Some of them it's just like I've been <laughs> fighting this battle for ten years or fifteen years, and it's like you can see the scars on their on, on their brow. Um, but. Um, but in the US, like we saw with the CLOs actually on Wednesday, I think, you know, the SEC yeah. went, you know, so on on CLOs, there, there was a worry that they would be included in, in a new sort of ruling for disclosures on sort of pri right. private Right, if they funds. would have been classed as securities. Um, there's that, but then this was something oh. else around like how private funds like report. Oh, okay. And, and you know, the argument was well it doesn't make any sense because they're already doing better sort of disclosure anyway this is just doubling the 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 like admin but you know in europe i'd be like yeah it's going to happen anyway <laughs> but then in the us it, the, the you know in institutions like the lsta the sort of you know advocacy bodies there they they talk to the sec they they agree and they actually go even further than than one lawyer was expecting um in terms of their exemption for clos so, so you know you that does make you confident that that a that a compromise will be there in the end on yeah. srt in the us because there's a bit more of a sort of um no you know someone said it to me there's a bit more of a sort of you know go ahead go go risk your money if you want but if you lose it yeah which i mean arguably is the point of sort of capital markets in general isn't it like there needs to be a risk and like people just need to be aware of it and if they want to take it fine <laughs> yes yes and and that is i i suppose the the criticism of um of the eu over over the years is that sometimes they're accused of creating a system that where no one can ever lose any money. Didn't we talk about that with regards to sort of Georgia's story, though, recently, that at least the FDA yes. is kind of moving away from that and towards a more sort of balanced approach? Exactly. Um, whether the FCA themselves or the, the people working in the FCA want to do that is another thing. But yes, that, that seems to be the at least the political direction of travel yeah. um, for now.
but we, we, we shall see. see. Um, Interesting topic yeah. in the meantime. Um, thank you, Tom, for explaining this. And if anybody is now really keen to read a couple of extra details in the story, it is called SRT Market Hopeful of Another Record Year. And you can find it on Global Capital. Right then. So before we go, um, have you got you got any plans next week? Bank holiday week, actually, isn't it? So it is. It is, and I am thinking of extending it, so I might be off for parts of next week, um, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, but until then, um, I suppose we're gonna see if we can find any more interesting details on the Tikahau deal, and we got the Onyx interview to look forward to. So there will still be some CLO stories coming in next week and i'm going back to the world of um covering everything all at once because ev everyone's <laughs> not here um it's going to be an oscar worthy performance i'm sure um, oh that would be fun well i i'm i think i've got a few couple of coffees lined up and um yes it, it, I, I suspect we should start to see Shoots of growth, uh, shoots of activity. What? What? Isn't it green shoots? Green, green shoots. shoots green yeah. shoots of life. Whatever. Whatever it is. Uh, whatever the phrase is. Um, I think there could be uh, a little bit of a trickle in ABS. Just, just a hunch, but we shall see. But it should be fun nonetheless. Um, but I'm afraid that's all we've got time for this week. Um, there's just one more episode to go before George is back, and we'll hear cries in the distance. Uh, as ever, if you want to get in touch, please email me at tom.lemon at globalcapital.com. But for now, it's goodbye. <laughs>